Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to Generations Church Podcast. We are in our series called Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude, exploring the themes and modern-day connections of the Heidelberg Catechism. Hello, everybody. My name is Scotty Hines. I am one of the pastors here at Generations Church, alongside of my good friend and pastor, Jeff Luddington, also at Generations Church. Jeffrey, how are you, my friend? I'm well, man. Well, it's morning. It's morning. (laughs) It's a little cold out today. It's frosty. You know it's frosty when you go into your own restroom and you breathe and frost comes out. So glad you said breathe. It was about to get really weird. <laughs> so bear in mind, if you're listening to this and you're in, uh, you know, Idaho, like uh, Vinny and Brandon, who better be listening, they better hear this and text me. If you're listening somewhere and it's actually cold out, understand when we say cold, that means we have hoodies on. It's like... <laughs> In the 50s out. And so, yeah, it's California cold. Let's just go with that. Man, true story. So when I got in my truck um, this morning to warm it up, <clears throat> it was 45 degrees. Yeah. And I thought to myself. That's parka weather. Dude, I thought to myself, yeah, I can never live in the snow. It, it was just totally confirmed at that moment. Like, snow's not for this man. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not equipped. Because I'm 13. De- we're 13 degrees above freezing, and yeah. I am frozen. So I'm like, yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. I'll be in Big Bear. Yes, anyhow. Uh, over the weekend, it's going to rain, uh, snow for four or five days, and that's a place I visit and then come home. I will be up there. Yes, the coming home portion is very good. Well, my brother, we are in Lord's Day 17. Woo. All right, so in the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast, if you're just joining us today and you didn't shut it off when we said we were cold at 50 degrees <laughs> and you're still enduring, we are working our way through the Heidelberg Catechism, a 450-year-old document of training, of discipleship, written really as a father might disciple his own son or mother, daughter, or even pastor, disciple, anything. But it's a discipleship tool, and and really it's built on a thousands-of-year-old process of asking memorized questions and answers. And just like we learn a lot of things, hey, what... You know, what year did Columbus sail, 1492? Okay, so we ask a question, we memorize an answer. It's a way of memorizing truth. This truth is subjected to Scripture. In other words, Scripture is true. We're just memorizing truths out of Scripture. Right. And so we are in what they call Lord's Day 17, as Pastor Scott said earlier. It's basically week 17 for us. And so it's one day or Lord's Day or week at a time. And today's is pretty simple. It's only got one question and answer. Uh, Scott and I, we've been doing this where I ask the question, he re, he uh, gives the answer just like, again, a father would with yep. a son. And so this is question 45 uh, of week 17 or Lord's Day 17. And the question is, how does Christ's resurrection benefit us? First, by his resurrection, he has overcome death that he might make us share in the righteousness which he has obtained for us through his death. Second, we too are now raised by the by his power to a new life. Third, the resurrection of Christ is a sure pledge to us of our blessed resurrection. It's awesome. It is great. So yeah. this is a simple question that I think many Christians might not have an answer to. So if again, if a catechism and again, if you hear that and you think uh, Roman Catholic Church or you have no idea what to think. A catechism is a way of learning, memorizing questions and answers. So here's a question that I think many, I don't want to put a number to that, but many Christians in America can't answer. 
what does Christ's resurrection, or excuse me, how does Christ's resurrection benefit us? So we might hear Jesus' death on the cross, he died for our sins, yeah. he died for our sins. Okay, well, how does his resurrection benefit us? And then the answer that you just gave has like three ways. By his resurrection, he has overcome death. Okay, great, we'll talk about that. We are also raised by his power to a new life. Okay, great, what does that mean, right? And then the resurrection of Christ is a sure pledge to us of our future blessed resurrection, right? So yeah. remember that this is a catechism. So this is a series of 52 weeks worth of study, right? Some weeks like this one have one question and answer. Others have four. Uh, this one, though, Lord's Day 17 comes right after Lord's Day 16. do not have to be a rocket scientist to figure <laughs> that out, right? But in Lord's Day 16, we asked the question, then, well, if Jesus died for our sin, why do we have to die? And the answer was to put an end to our sin. So Jesus' death forgives it. But as long as we're in human flesh in this body, we will struggle with sin. And so when we die, it puts an end to our sin. Would it be right to say that um, the death is in line with his mercy? What do you mean by that? Well, because they say mercy is when God doesn't give you what you deserve, right? Okay. Yep. So, so that death we don't get. Right. So that was the mercy aspect. And then um, what we're going to look at today is resurrection, the grace. Now we're being okay, rewarded. We're being rewarded of things that we don't deserve. Okay, I like that. So, yes, let me qualify that. That's yeah, a great do. question. I hadn't thought of it in those terms. Uh, again, we have, if you're listening, you know, Scott and I have some, some notes that we're working through. We're working through a catechism that's written down. Um, but this is often just a dialogue, yeah. man, and it's a question and answer. And so it's a great question. So in God's mercy, we don't suffer death eternally in Christ, right? Yeah. And in his mercy, we die, and it put an end to our sin. It puts an end to our sin. What we deserve is hell. What we deserve is eternal death. What we deserve is punishment. But in his mercy, though our body must die in grace through the power of the resurrection, which is what we're talking about yeah. today. Yeah, the resurrection is key. We receive life. Yes, that's really cool. I hadn't thought of it in the terms of mercy and grace, so that's super cool. Uh, I'm glad you added that to it. That's really fun. Nice, I, it's That's powerful. Hey, hey, I can make a half shot at least once in my life. I keep shooting. Hey, man, a squirrel <laughs> gets a nut, right? Like, oh hey, there we are, right? <laughs> All right, so hey, a, a passage that we want to talk about today is 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, just to kind of answer some of the questions or, or look at it biblically through that lens, so Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and in 1 Corinthians 15, midway through the chapter, a little bit late in the chapter, uh, starting verse 12, it says, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there's no resurrection of the dead? So he's asking people, like, listen, if Jesus rose from the dead, how can you say there's no resurrection of the dead? Really, it's a, it's a, a group of people are thinking this life is all yeah. there is, right? Yeah. And so, well, if Jesus rose from the dead, Paul's saying, then how do you believe there's no resurrection from the dead? So Paul is making the point that there is uh, a such thing as eternity, right? A heaven, a hell, or whatever. He's yeah. saying that this life isn't just it. He goes on, verse 13, but if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. Wow. So Paul is really, in no uncertain terms, cementing the fact that the resurrection of Jesus, or without the resurrection of Jesus, there is no gospel, there is no hope, there is no life. 
that in fact he says that our preaching or our messages in vain and your faith is in vain. Like you believe in junk, right? There's no resurrection. I mean, he leaves zero negotiation room. Right. Yeah. You can't have a gospel. A Christian gospel cannot exist without the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah, I know. And so if there is no resurrection of Jesus, there is no Christian faith. But Paul goes beyond that to say, now, if there's no resurrection of Jesus, not only is there no faith, but if there is a resurrection of Jesus, then there's also a resurrection of the dead. Yeah. Jesus in his human form, right? So God become flesh is a foretaste of who not only we were created to be, but who we will become. That yes. we will be resurrected to life. So that's, again, a point that Paul is making. He goes on, verse 17, he says, If Christ has not been raised, then your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Right? So if you if that's not true, then the whole gospel's gone. Then Jesus' death on the cross was just another person crucified or a good guy crucified, but with no resurrection, that was not God crucified on our behalf. Yeah, no. no notice too, we talked about he left no negotiation room. Um, you know, for a gospel without a resurrection. Look at verse 19. There is actually a reward if there's no resurrection. Look at what it is. If in Christ we have, wait, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Now think about that. If there's no resurrection, right? Mm -hmm. There's no gospel. But what do we get? Mockery. We are to be pitied by the people we are preaching to. That's amazing. I mean, it shows you the, like, you know, there's no negotiation room for this thing. And then it just shows you, like, dude, this is so important that if it doesn't there, you're a moron. You're a clown. Might as well just put a big red nose on you and put you in a little <laughs> mini, and you can drive around right. with a little horn outside your window. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> you know, I, I sometimes in explaining, not necessarily this passage or this question, but in in talking about the gospel to people, uh, especially I use this a lot around the, the, the call to confessing our sins. And I say, just imagine this. I know, you know, like you and I and, and I... Joe's sitting here recording. We're here. We're at a conference table. I mean, that's where we're not fancy. We don't have a big studio. It's my office. We have a conference table, mics and some MacBooks, right? But we're sitting here and this table. Imagine confession. Imagine that we are confessing all our sins. And really what we're doing is like piling up sin after sin on the table in front of us, right? If, if the gospel is just we're forgiven for our sin, then all our sin sits here on the table in front of us, right? And it's a big, ugly, messy pile of our junk. And what forgiveness is, is God saying, hey, listen, all that stuff is still true about you, but I'm not holding it against you. But without a resurrection, all the stuff stays on the table, right? Mm. All your sin is there in front of you. And God is just saying, listen, I'm not going to hold all that ugly against you, but that is you. The resurrection changes it to not only wipe away all the sin off the table, but to say, listen, you're not that. Mm. You're not defined by that. You're not defined by your worst decisions. In fact, you're defined by Christ's best victories and decisions over all that. Wow. That's amazing. That that is a a great way. That's a great example to put it, man, Um, how with the sins on the table and being left there. Really cool, Pastor Jeff. 1 Corinthians 15, man, goes on, and uh, and I'll button it up with this. Uh, Verse 21 says, for as by a man came death. So Adam sins, right? We inherit death. Good old Adam. By a man has also come the resurrection of the dead, Jesus. That's right. Jesus has brought us resurrection of the dead. 
Verse 22, for as in Adam all die, so in Christ also all shall be made alive. So Paul is continuous theme. He picks it up in Romans that there's the first Adam who leads us into sin and causes a curse. But the second Adam or the greater fulfillment of what Adam should have been for us is Jesus, right? That, that Christ is the better and greater Adam. Christ is the head of what is right, not Adam who is the head of what is wrong, yeah, right? Yeah. And so in, in Adam all die, in Christ all live. That's what Romans says. Corinthians says, for as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, right? Yeah. So we have this hope. Not only is our sin covered, new life is given. We have hope looking forward, right? We get to not be defined by our sin, but we get to be defined by new life. The resurrection is power to give us a new life. Like you have a, a history, a past that is sinful and ugly and, and we, we share some similarities mine uh, you know most people know my story it runs through drugs and, and prison and ugliness right i don't have to be defined by that you don't have to be defined by those things yeah right that that in the resurrection we have new lives our lives don't even look like that anymore sometimes i think when i share my testimony i'm lying i'm making up a story <laughs> <laughs> it's, so i tell people it's like i'm telling you about like something it's like a movie i saw yeah it's me yes i did that but I'm not that anymore. Yeah. That's the resurrection. That's not power of me. That's yeah. the power of the resurrection. Yeah. So Paul's going to conclude with this, and, and I'll just this last verse for me, verse 26 of 1 Corinthians 15. Paul says this, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Right? So the thing that we think kind of ends our life, Jesus ends that thing. Right? So death may put an end to my sin. That's what we looked at last week. That will be the last time I sin. When I die, no more will I sin. Yeah. Right? But in Christ, death is destroyed so that we get to move on sinless and whole and perfect peace with Christ eternally. Now, we'll pick up other themes about eternal heaven, all those things later, but the last enemy to be destroyed by Christ's resurrection is death. Per Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 26. Um, and that's great, Pastor Jeff. Man, the resurrection is a great thing. Saints, as you are listening, whoever's listening, saint, non-saint, just know that the resurrection of Christ gives new life. Um, we want to encourage you to continue to listen to the Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude podcast. Nourish that new life. Watch it grow and watch yourself walk in the promises that God has for you. Here at Generations, we just want to thank you for listening uh, to the Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude Generation Church podcast. We release a new episode every Tuesday, so please subscribe and you'll get that automatic update. And if you like, man, write a review. And also please share and let people know about our wonderful podcast here at Generation Church. Thank you, everybody. Have a great one. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church. G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at Gin Family Church.